Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to... Hey, great shot. This is the Great Shot Podcast, a Crack Rackets and Tennis Channel Podcast Network production. My name is Alex Gruskin. Day three of the 2023 U.S. Open is on the horizon. We have 32 more singles matches on the calendar. So much action for tennis fans to enjoy, of course, on today's show. I want to try and make your viewing experience a little bit better. I want to help organize that schedule for all of you tennis fans. Talk about the match. Matches I view as both the most significant and certainly the most enjoyable matches on day three schedule. Of course, much like we did yesterday, I want to break it down by category. I want to talk about the seeds in the men's, women's singles draws that I view on upset alert. I want to talk about the matches that I think are sneaky important to how we might see the draw play out over the course of the next two weeks. I want to talk about the fun battles, whether it be from a game style matchup perspective or just some big names going head-to-head that I know tennis fans everywhere will enjoy. And then I'll explain my nerd alerts. I got a couple for both the men's and women's singles draws tomorrow. I'll break things down in the end by offering my top five must-watch matches on the day. I know 10 matches is a lot of tennis. I don't expect all of you listeners to watch all 10. I would say of those five, maybe pick two, three, Set yourself some time aside to enjoy those. There's a lot of tennis early in these Grand Slam events. And, you know, at times it can be overwhelming. But then you hit day six, day seven, and you ask yourself, where did all the tennis go? So, again, this Great Shot podcast feed going to be the medium in which we present our daily previews. If you're looking for recaps of day one or By the time you listen to this, maybe day two has finished as well. You can find those recaps over on the Mini Break podcast feed. All of those shows available wherever you listen to your podcasts or, of course, on our website, CrackedRackets.com. A shout out to Westoff, who makes all of that content possible. As always, I will ask, like, rate, subscribe, review, share with your friends. It helps us with the algorithms that formulate or help determine successful podcasts. I don't know. I'm supposed to say all of these things. That's the orders I get from Dalton. So make him happy. Go leave a five-star rating. Go leave a little review as well. Follow us on all the social media accounts. It's always very much appreciated. You know what else is appreciated? Probably breaking down day three's matches in the minds of all of you listeners. So let's get to doing that. Here are the matches I am most looking forward to. And I think you should set some time aside to see as we approach day three of this 2023 U.S. Open. Let's start on the women's side of things. Again, 16 round of 64 matches on the calendar. I have four seeds on upset alert. And, you know, day one, yes, we lost Sakari. Yes, we lost Kudermatova, but it was a pretty steady day. And thus far, I'm recording this podcast around 2 p.m. Eastern time here on Tuesday. 
Jabir escapes against Kami Osorio. That was a match I highlighted to be on upset alert. I know right now Alexandrova Fernandez were in a third set. It was 4-3 Fernandez up a break when I recorded Bushkova, uh, Bojkova, excuse me, a tight straight set win over Ashlyn Kruger. Tight matches. So far, things have stayed to script, which if you listen to our Crack Rackets draw preview, that was something I anticipated might be the case because for the first time in a long time, it does feel like we know who the best players are right now on the women's side. That said, there is a lot of depth. And so I do have four women's seeds in my upset alert category. Let's start with someone coming off of a tough three-setter, Beatrice Haddad-Maya, 6-4 in the third. She escapes against Sloane Stevens. that match. Extraordinarily physical. Now, Haddad-Maya is a trooper. You look at all the stats, I've mentioned it. She's had a stretch since the start of 2021, working her way back from suspension. She's played north of 200 matches. You look for her this season in terms of just total victories on the season. Beatrice Haddad-Maya, 27-17 and 17 overall. That's a top 15 number. Semifinals of Roland Garros, obviously a big result for her. Her first real slam breakthrough. It's not that I'm so worried about her physicality and her wearing down in her second round match is that she's got a tricky matchup in the American Taylor Townsend. And look, who doesn't like a lefty-on-lefty matchup as someone with two left-handed brothers? It's something I have always appreciated. I think Townsend is going to get Haddad Maya stretched in uncomfortable angles. I think Townsend is going to take a time away from Haddad Maya, force her to have to hit on the run where she is less dangerous than when she's slugging away from the baseline as she did so successfully against Sloan. Townsend can just throw enough off-speed looks at Haddad Maya that I think Haddad Maya will be uncomfortable. It may take her half a set to find her rhythm. And from then, Townsend, who's so good as a front runner, who's so creative in how she attacks you with her first strike, I think she can absolutely take a set. I think the relentlessness of Haddad Maya wins this match in three because... Again, Haddad Maya just slugs away, and she is so physical in every match that she plays. I think that ultimately wins out. But I have her on upset alert tomorrow because I think that match gets tricky for her. Similarly, I think Magda Lynette, the number 24 seed, has to be on upset alert. Now, I know Lynette started the season on fire, uh, making, what, semifinals of the Australian Open. But what has she done since, even on the hard courts specifically? You look for her this season, 25 and 16 on the hard courts. Quarterfinals, Merida. Round of 16, Miami. First round exits to Victoria Azarenka and Anne Lee in Montreal and Cincinnati, respectively. Now, she did win a set against Anne Lee. Love 6 7 6 6 2, that result. 3 and 1, she knocks out Sasnovich in round number one. Look, her opponent in round two is Jen Brady. I know Brady is still working her way back from injury. She's played what, I think, now two, four, six, eight total matches since the middle of July. She's gone three and five. Excuse me. Four and four in those eight total matches. Losses are to Keys, Rabakina, Vekic, and then first week to Sakatsumi, which we're going to throw out because that's her first week back. She played Rabakina extraordinarily close. She played Vekic extraordinarily close in Cincy, a three and six win in round number one. Her serve, her forehand are still the biggest weapons on the court, but I mean, the physicality of Magdalene, honestly. You know, that, that record here in 2023, that 25 and 16 is over her last 52 weeks on hard courts. 
she hasn't done that much here in 2023 on the surface, 13 and nine overall, but hasn't had a, you know, a tournament where she's won more than one match consecutively. Hasn't had a tournament where she's won a match since Miami. Now she's only played Montreal and Cincinnati on the hard courts. You look at what she did on the clay, four and seven overall this year. Did get a win over Von Drusova. Did get a win over Noskova. Not too shabby. I don't know. I just don't feel confident in Lynette's form, and I do think Brady has the biggest weapon. Who knows which way that match goes. You probably lean Lynette, but I think it has to be on the radar. Anna Kalinskaya just gets wins. That's what she does. It's, uh, you know, again, you look at who she's beaten so far this season for Kalinskaya, round number one. She gets a victory uh, over Katerina Sinyakova. You look at who else she's beaten so far this season. The 24-year-old Russian wins over Victoria Azarenka in Charleston. She beat Rabakina in Madrid. She beat Mertens in Rome. She's got some wins under her belt. Again, she's had a solid season. She's played very close matches against Danielle Collins, against Belinda Bencic at times this season. I think that match gets tricky. You know, again... Kirstea, when she's hot, can be so impressive. But you look at what Serana Kirstea did in her North American hardcore stretch. One in one in all three of the events she plays. Losses to Sakari, Muhova, Samsonova, respectively. That's not too shabby. I just think this is a good match. I think this gets physical. Kirstea probably threw in a tight three. But I think that one does get tight. And then the, the obvious upset alert, Danielle Collins. I think she's going to blow through Elisa Mertens. Mertens fighting off match points to beat Bjorklund in round number one. Now, Mertens finds magic in majors. But Collins has played really, really well in this North American hardcore stretch. And I think when she wins this match definitively, a potential third round against Coco Goff becomes must-see TV for all of us tennis fans. So those are my four seeds on upset alert on the women's side. Haddad Maya, Lynette, Kirstea, Mertens. Significant to the draw. I'll talk about this one when I get to my top five. Saribes Tormo versus Wang Shiyu. Trust me, it matters. Fun battles overall. I mean, Rabakina blitzed Kostyuk. Tamjanovic surviving a three-set battle. I, you know, as well as Tamjanovic moves, I just don't think she's ready to handle the pace of Rabakina. I think Rabakina moves comfortably into the third round. We'll get more into Goff and Driva in my top five, but, I mean, come on. Two of the premier rising stars on the WT Tour. We get to see them face off at a slam this early in their careers. It's reminiscent of when Osaka faced Goff, when Goff was that age at the U.S. Open. Not that Goff is quite as accomplished as Naomi Osaka was at that point, but still, two ascending stars. That one's really... And Andreeva's not on the level of Goff, but coming off of a tight three-set win over Siegmund in round one. Again, the New York crowd was special for Goff in round one. It's only going to be more enjoyable as we progress. Kvitova, Wozniacki, duh, just two big names, has to be on the list. Azarenka, Julin is going to be a fun match because Julin has been very good on hard courts all season long, wins Joaquin, you know, a couple of semifinals under her belt, Cleveland last week as well. And then Ostapenko, Avenisian. Avenisian's the 21 and under top 100 player you just don't hear a ton about. She's been solid this season. Ostapenko matches are always entertaining, so has to be on the list. Nerd alert would be Lauren Davis versus Kaya Yuvan. Winner probably plays Iga in round three. If you're Lauren Davis, you sneak into a third round. Sustain your top 50 spot. You're where you want to be. If you're Kaya Yvonne, you work your way back into the top 75. She's still 22 years old. You get some serious momentum going into next year. The other one, Wang Shiyu versus Bernarda Pera. 
Uh, excuse me, that might be Wang Xinyu versus Bernardo Pera. No, that is Wang Xiu. It's Wang Xinyu who faces off against Suribes Tormo. Look, I mean, lefty versus lefty. Para played really well to beat Kudermatova in round number one. Winner advances to the third round. You look for Wang Xiu, who right now is sitting at 99 in the live rankings. A win yanks her back up to number 91. Sustains a top 100 ranking heading into next season, which is, again, where you want to be when you're at her age. On the other side, for Bernardo Pera, after struggling to defend her Hamburg-Budapest back-to-back titles from last year, you make a third round in the U.S. Open, you've defended those points. And so it's a massive opportunity for both players. That's why it's in the Nerd Alert section. Plus, again, Battle of Lefties, two brothers, left-handed. I'm in on that one. My top five must-watch on the women's side. Number five is Cerebez Tormo versus Wang Xinyu. Look, the winner of that is going to be the favorite to make the fourth round because of the winner of that faces the Masarova Shmidlova winner. Of course, Masarova knocking out Sakari in round one. Cerebez Tormo is a lucky loser winning in Cleveland last week. She wins in straight sets in round number one as well, upsetting Kalinina, the seed. I mean, again, like it's just the relentlessness taking on the weapon that is that Wang Xinyu forehand her serve she is confident to step in dictate inside that baseline you know take time away from Suribas Tormo regardless of what height whether it's slice or an elevated loopy ball Suribas Tormo throws at her it's a fun contrast of styles it's two players for Wang Xinyu 21 years old very close to consolidating a top 50 spot Suribas Tormo or win away from being back inside the top 50 as well. It's a top five battle on the day. It's one you probably won't make time for, but go watch the three-minute highlights on YouTube afterwards because I think it's going to be a battle. Haddad Maya Townsend's my four. Look, Kvitova Wozniacki, you don't know how many times those two great champions are going to share the stage moving forward. They are in round number two. It's a great contrast of styles. Of course, Wozniacki's ability to absorb redirect pace pace into her backhand in particular. Does she still have the wheels to handle the pace that is Petra Kvitova? Let's find out in round number two. Mertens versus Collins, just because if Collins wins that decisively, as I think she will, she can absolutely beat Goff in round three. And then Goff Andriva, because it's two rising stars. Andriva will have the big first serve. She'll, she has some weapons to turn into the ball. She'll also be willing to get physical with Goff. The problem is when she does that, Goff will pounce. And, you know, escaping in round number one, you know, Goff will be looking to prove something in round number two. It's not often she's the older player on court. I'm excited for that one. That's my number one of the day. Again, my top five. Five, Cerebez Tormo, Wang Xinyu. Four, Haddad Maya Townsend. Three, Kvitova Wozniacki. Two, Mertens Collins. One, Goff Andriva. That's my look at day three on the WTA side, on the ATP side of things. Again, upset alert. I only have two, and I know we saw Runa lose yesterday. I know we saw uh, a couple of other seeds knocked out. I think it was six overall on the day uh, on the men's side. And uh, was it six? It was either four or six. It was Runa. Uh, it was Felix were the two big ones. Of course, Musetti was knocked out on the day. Bublik knocked out on the day. Uh, Korda knocked out on the day as well. I might have missed one if I did. Whatever. Go listen to the recap where I certainly did not miss any. 
I only have two seeds getting knocked out in round two. Again, after you see that sort of carnage in round one, it's hard to see that replicated round over round, even if that uncertainty about this ATP draw continues. I think Kasparud has to remain on the list. Tight four-set win for Rude in round number one over Emilio Nava. He's got a tougher test in round two in 26-year-old Zheng Zhizhen. Now, the 26-year-old from China, currently the world number 67. Semifinals in Hamburg earlier this year. Quarterfinals in Eastbourne. Hasn't had a signature top 10 victory, uh, I believe, yet in his career. You look for him against top 10 opponents so far here. This season, he is 1-2. and two. He has his top 10 victory. Three sets, seven, six, and a third, excuse me, over Taylor Fritz in Madrid. He's 1-3 overall against the top 10 in his career. Rude actually beat him in four in the Roland Garros third round. And by the way, I think he made quarterfinals in Madrid, if memory serves me correct. So he has had some signature runs. Hasn't had a win like this at a major, though. And he is coming off of a, if nothing long, five-set match against J.J. Wolf that didn't feature the, the best tennis, but certainly the physicality of executing the first strike, what that takes out of your muscles. Five sets in any match is going to drain a player. That said... You know, these guys are professional athletes. I think the heavy topspin of Kasparud, much like it did for Emilio Nava, will just feed right into Zheng Zhizhen's swing, and he'll be able to swing that much more freely, knowing Rude's topspin's going to bring it back down. He has serious weapons to make Kasparud uncomfortable, particularly on the return of serve, which is where, again, Kasper does struggle on this quicker surface. His return of serve just sits a little shorter in the court, which, again, will provide Zheng Zhizhen opportunities to attack. They've seen one another already this season. Again, ruined the four-set victory at Roland Garros. I think that match is sneaky close. I think Rude escapes again in a tight four sets, but it wouldn't shock me at all if Zheng Zhizhen plus ones his way to an upset victory. So I think that has to be on the list. Eubanks Bonzi has to be on the list just by virtue of the fact that, again, you know Christopher Eubanks hasn't played a ton of Grand Slam tennis. He's a 59.7% favorite, according to Tennis Abstract. By the way, Casper Ruud uh, is... What is Casper Ruud? Because it can't be that big of a favorite. Oh, an 87.6% of the favorite. Yes, it can be. I know Chris Eubanks made the quarterfinals of Wimbledon. You look at him at the majors prior to that. He played first round of U.S. Open 2017, got knocked out by Duty Sela. First round Australian Open 2019, knocked out by Basilish Feedley. First round U.S. Open 2019, knocked out by Green. First round Australian Open, knocked out by Goyowitz. First round U.S. Open 2021, knocked out by Tiafo. First round U.S. Open last year, beats Pedro Martinez, then knocked out by Sinner. Gets a first round win at the Australian Open this year, then quarters Wimbledon. So he had run one to three first-round matches at majors coming into this season. Yes, he's seeded, but don't take that win over Quan for granted. That's another massive moment for Chris Eubanks. That's that he's taken on a guy in Benjamin Bonzi who has similar, if not more, slam experience, at least in main draws, than Chris Eubanks at this point. Now, I know Benjamin Bonzi has not had the best season. He's fallen outside of the top 100 after being at a career-high 42 earlier this year. He's 15-17 and 17 overall on the year. He had a stretch where he lost seven consecutive matches from the second round of Monte Carlo to the first round of the Winnipeg Challenger in mid-August. Four-set win over Quentin Halise in round number one. You favor Eubanks, 
but Bonzi is pretty solid off both wings. That's going to be a sneaky, fun match. Again, my two seeds on upset alert on the day, Casper Rude, Chris Eubanks. Significant to the draw is Dominic Team versus Ben Shelton, and we'll talk about that one more in a little bit. Fun battles on the day. Tsitsipas versus Stricker. If you're a longtime Crack Rackets listener, you know the stock I have in Dominic Stricker. One of three Dominics. Cope for Stricker team in the draw. Dominics making a resurgence. Not enough people are talking about it. The 21-year-old Stricker, next-gen finals finalist. He's 42-22 and 22 in his last 52 weeks. 31-14 and 14 overall this season. He's won a couple of challengers throughout the course of the year. Second round Wimbledon appearance, he made, uh, he qualified, or got in as a lucky loser, excuse me, in Roland Garros, qualifies here at the U.S. Open, Does uh, drops two sets along the way, but beats Galarno, that's a good win, beats Ruiz, beats Tarante, four-set win over Popperin, who just made his top 50 uh, debut in round number one. Lefty has real weapons, and a lefty into that Tsitsipas backhand who has real weapons just poses a threat to Stefano Tsitsipas. And I don't know if Stricker has the physicality to withstand the Tsitsipas weaponry for a three out of five set match, but he can certainly make the first two sets entertaining. And if he steals one of them, now it's a battle. Now the adrenaline's flowing. Again, he has the gumption, the shot-making ability, the feel, the finesse to make this match interesting. I think Tsitsipas advances because Tsitsipas looked rock solid on serve against Rayanich. And I just think he's better at the plus one game than Stricker is. But I think that match gets sneaky competitive. Tiafo Ofner is just going to be athletic. I think Francis gets through, but I think they're both fine playing backhand to backhand. Same with Tommy Paul versus Roman Safilin. Now, Safilin's dealt with a lot of injuries. He's been a fringe top 100 guy over the past couple of years. Few hardcore quarterfinals at the tour level under his belt. Once upon a time, though, he was one of the top five guys in the junior world, and it was right around when Tommy Paul was ascending as well. And so, you know, again, there's a physicality Safilin brings. This match is just going to be good tennis. Baseline, grinding, physicality. Tommy should get through. He's better at everything now. But that match is going to be fun. And so, again, those are my fun battles on the day featuring C's. Cici Stricker, Tiafo Ofner, Paul Safilin. My nerd alerts. Shout out Rinky Hijikata, former UNC All-American, 99 in the live rankings. That's a top 100 live ranking debut. He has a winnable match against Fucevic coming off a five-set win over Korda. Jakob Menzlik, 17-year-old. You're a teenager in the second round of the U.S. Open. You have my attention. He's taken on the 22-year-old Frenchman, Titouan Droguet, who, of course, upset Musetti in round one. And then how about a couple of NCAA Champs, Mackie McDonald, singles, doubles champion, taken on Borna Goyo, uh, NCAA singles finalist, NCAA team champion. Goyo making his live ranking top 100 debut following his first round victory. That's a nerd alert. Again, a couple of college guys, 17-year-old. Got to stick on brand here at Cracked Rackets. My top five must-watch matches of the day. I think the men's side's a little thinner. Than the women's side. I think you can make a more convincing case for more women's matches being in your top five today than men's. That said, Tommy versus Safilin, I just think that's going to be physical baseline tennis. Who doesn't like watching that? Tiafo Ofner, same deal. Two guys who strike the forehand funny as well. Ru Jung Zhen has to be three because I think that's a significant upset alert. Tsitsipas Stricker, I'm telling you, it's going to be a display of power tennis. I think Stricker keeps that match. 
two four sets and sneaky close, but Tsitsipas wins. Never in doubt, but sneaky close. And then number one has to be Dominic Team versus Ben Shelton. There's just there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Given Team's win over Bublik, given the fact that in their section of the draw, Holger Runa was eliminated by Kybreus Baena, the winner of that match is a favorite to advance to the second week. You know, the winner of that faces the winner of Karatsev, Karbeis Bayana, and we all know Aslan Karatsev can get hot. I know Dominic Team hasn't had the best year to date. I know Ben Shelton hasn't had the best year since the Australian Open. Team did make a final in Kitzbühel. Hadn't played since, but did make a final in Kitzbühel leading into this U.S. Open. Had started to get some confidence under his belt. Dusted Sasha Bublik, who never had a chance in that opening round match. You know, for what it's worth, I believe you look for Dominic Team. Did these two play earlier? I thought they did in Estoril. Yes, they did. A 2-2 two and two win for Team over Shelton. But, of course, that was on clay courts. You know, you look for Ben... He beats Eubanks, loses 6-6 six and six to Tsitsipas, but didn't face a break point in Cincy. Beats Zapata Morales, loses 3-6 and six to Alcaraz in Canada, was broken once. Didn't face a break point in his sets 2, 3, and 4 against Pedro Cachin. Starting to find that mojo, that rhythm on serve once again is Ben Shelton. And a lefty with a big serve is always a tough matchup on a quick court for Dominic Team. In fact, you look for his career against left-handed players on hard courts. Dominic Team, 34-12 and 12 overall in his career. Yeah, okay, never mind. You look for him in 2023, he's 0-1, 1-2 in 2022. I mean, again... I just think this I think this is a good matchup for Ben Shelton. I do think he has that ability to pop that surge so wide off the court and just get team stretched in ways that will make team uncomfortable on this quick of a surface. Maybe the better category to look for Dominic team is how has he done in his career against tall players because you know tall players typically uh you know associate with harder serves you look for him in his career 26 and 33 on hard courts against players 64 or taller he's lost 7 of his last 9 excuse me 7 of his last 10 against those players uh as well it's going to be a very good matchup again it it's a tough one for Ben because Dominic Team has some pop of his own, and that's going to give Shelton some troubles on the return of serve, but this match is going to feature at least one tiebreak, maybe a couple. I think this one goes four, five sets. If Ben gets through, again, now he's in the third round of the U.S. Open. Where would that put him in the live rankings? I'm glad you asked. A Ben Shelton victory sitting at 39 right now. He'd be back up to 38 with a victory. You know, he would be probably be the favorite in round number three as he would face the winner of Carbeas Baena. Karatsev would be a tougher matchup. I don't know if Shelton would be the favorite against him. But a chance to stay inside the top 35 with indoor hardcourt tennis still to come. It's a good spot for Ben to be with obviously a ton of points to defend come January. A shot to, you know, sustain a top 50 ranking if he can get some momentum here, ride that out through the end of the season. That's your number one match of the day on the ATP side. Team versus Shelton, I think the winner of that does get to the second weekend. So, again, my top five ATP matches, Paul versus Safilin is five, Tiafo Ofner four, Ru Jungjijen three, Tsitsipas Stricker two, Team versus Shelton one. A recap on the women's side, Saribas Tormo Wang Shinyu five, Haddad Maya Townsend four, Kavitova Wozniacki three, Mertens Collins two, Goff Andreeva one, 
Those are the matches you must watch. Those are the storylines heading into day three of the 2023 U.S. Open. Now, of course, to hear recaps of the first two days, head on over to the Mini Break Podcast feed. A shout-out, as always, to our super producer, Daniel Westoff, for the of an editing job he does day in, day out, making all of our content possible. A shout-out as well to our dear friends at Tennis Point. Tennis-point.com. The promo code is CR15. With all of that said, for our super producer, Daniel Westhoff, and from all of us here at both Crack Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You know what we say. That's the break. And we that's not what we say. You know what we say. I apologize, folks. Leave it in. Hey, great shot. And we will see you all tomorrow. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>